Welcome to another episode of Ball Status. You have a great memory. Uh, I always forget which one that is. Yeah, I remember the buttons. All right. We are back. Just two of us this time for our Ball Status podcast. I'm Doug Miller, followed by or sitting next to my co-anchor. I don't usually say sidekick. Sidekick. I'll take sidekick. Oh, you want me to introduce This is, where, <laughs> this is where you be She's a trusty sidekick. Patrick Meaty Thighs Mabe. All right, and we are back. So this is a special episode um, because this is an Ask the Boss episode. So for those who don't know, now you know. Hold Where's on. the clapper? Oh, wait. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> that, that, so our podcast started out as Ask the Boss. And in Ask the Boss, we would... Um, talk about supplements, uh, like the deals of the week and things like that. And then we would also then kind of rant on certain things and take questions from the audience. We're live right now, uh, but also take questions through email and whatnot. And we would talk about those. When we moved to North Carolina, we converted that into two different podcasts. We had Boss Status. That's this podcast where we talk about the business of health and the health of business, where every two or three episodes, we have uh, some guests of the industry. Um, and usually, uh, Carl the Cuck Frady uh, is on this as well. He's one of our other hosts of uh, Boss Status. And then we have Subdates, which is about an every other week podcast where we specifically talk about the brands that we own and all the deals and the things that are going on new products. So we are bringing back an Ask the Boss um, episode of Boss Status. Now, we plan to do this, what? Is this a once-a-month thing, every couple-week thing? I think this is every couple-week thing. I think so, too. So This is a, this is a fan favorite. People yeah. love the traditional Ask the Boss. There's some ranting that happens in Ask the Boss. And so there's going to be about three different... Did we figure three different types of Boss Status podcast now? We're going to have the Ask the Boss, and then we're going to have where we bring on an outside guest. Yep. And then we're going to have our traditional kind of longer length podcast where we talk about some type of, usually it's like a leadership. I got our next guest lined up. Do you want, do you want well, to spoil I got that? Two. No. Okay. But I'm just letting you know. I'm working on it. All right, guys. And I'm so, soliciting you to other podcasts at the same time. So oh, we're, you're just soliciting? Yeah. My body? Yeah, that's what I do. Okay. We need DMP clothing's next. <laughs> All right. So we got, we are live on Instagram now. So if you guys have any questions in here, we'll t I'll try to peek over here every so often. Uh... And then we'll go from there. Let's see here. All right, me, take it away. This is your stick now. I All right. I don't know what the questions are. I don't know what we're going to do. And just so you guys to. know, um, we will throw up a post or a story uh, about 24 hours ahead of time of this podcast. So save your questions or you can email them in. Um, I do want to create it like a Ask the Boss at Core Nutritionals. Uh, email if that's possible so we can actually start like good. stockpiling them yeah get it so yeah so uh look out for that keep your questions coming um so we're gonna go right to your comments section on instagrams doug miller pro all right here we go with how quickly the business is growing and the amount of possible stores slash gyms to come is there the possibility of franchising out or partnering is there opportunities for buy-ins this is a. Uh, All right, so a before manager. we get there, let's. Uh, oh shoot! God, America wait. Energy, thank you, our sponsors. We're going. All right, 
Fruit Punch is my number one. Patriot Punch is my number one. Alpine BP is my number one. For reals. It's just, it's what I want to drink. You know what I mean? It's just, goes down smooth, easy. It's got that little citrus in there. Patriot Punch. I love, is, I, I love Patriot Punch. Yep. It's up there, top three probably. But um, just, I got to be like in the sweeter mood. Oh, yeah. See, I'm just sweet all the time. You're just so sweet. In honor of. It's the last day of Pride Month. Sweet. <laughs> get that sweet out, bro. I was you waiting gotta, you, Sweet all day. Bro, tomorrow, we can't, tomorrow we, I don't count. We can't get canceled on our first episode Oh, I here. hope we get canceled. All right. So, is there a chance of franchising or buy-ins? That was basically bottom line question. And this actually comes from one of our employees. Um, So, yes, there there is. Uh, probably not buy-in on the brand side. Uh, I would think one day... When I am ready to um, step like way back from the brands and stuff like that, I think there is an opportunity for other ownership structure for the brands, um, but not any time in the first year, in the next ten years. Um, in terms of the stores, I think in the very near future, uh, we're talking a year, maybe year or two. Um, I would like to open up ownership to other people. Um, and I would want those other people to come through the nutrition corner ranks. So I wouldn't just say, okay, Joe Schmo from Florida has, you know, an extra couple hundred thousand dollars, right? And he wants to own a supplement shop and he wants to buy in. I don't think I would just say, okay, well, let's do this. Um, I would rather it be coming from one of our employees who have kind of worked up through the ranks and have kind of earned the right to have ownership. Um, the way we would set it up, I'm thinking right now, is it would probably be something like a 55-45 split. So the corporate would still have the majority ownership so that we can protect our brand. So we've thought about franchising before and franchising, uh, from the feedback and the, the people that I have talked to, uh, who have done franchising in the supplement space, um, they very quickly can lose control of their brand. So I want to be prevent that from happening. So I still want to have the final say in what we do, but I also want to give those employees and um, you know those people who've earned it a chance to uh, kind of dream bigger than just working as a, an employee in a store. Right. I want to, I want them to have ownership and understand what that takes. That doesn't, you know, people think that equity is like the end all be all, but man, equity is a big responsibility because sometimes, especially in an LLC partnership, if that company makes a hundred thousand dollars that year and you're at a 55, 45 split, right. Or something like that. So that minority uh, person, the minority person and the majority person. So let's take the minority person. They would show $45,000 of income, but in a growing business that is inventory rich, they might've only taken $10,000 out in owner draws that year. Right. But they're still on the hooks for paying taxes on that $45,000 of income. Right. So this is what is very difficult with our brands and especially when we're talking about many multi-million dollar brands and they're all growing you know on paper we could have a banner year and show a ton of profit but 
in the world as it exists today, we've been forced to buy like for for multiple reasons. One is because the prices are going up so rapidly. We increased our our inventory buying rate because of that, but also because our growth rate was increasing as well. So we've had to double our inventory and all that inventory is at extra cost. So we doubled our quantity, but the costs are more almost double on certain things. So a lot of the profit that we made last year is not like sitting in my pocket. It's sitting on those shelves out there. But Mr. IRS comes at the end of the year and says, you owe X amount of money. Well, where's that cash? The cash is in finished goods on that, on the shelves. So that's what makes it very difficult. And so that's why I say that like equity is not always a great thing. Um, and so for those people, those entrepreneurs or those people trying to, who want to have ownership, um, know that that could be the case. You know, if you're running a retail store, that's really growing and you have to grow inventory and you don't take those owner draws, um, you know, it, it could be difficult. Um, it could be difficult. Now, the way I would set it up is I would want the partners for those businesses must be owner operators. So there is not an opportunity. I do not want to uh, share equity with somebody who wants to be a passive owner. So this would be, like I said, somebody who wants to work the store, be the general manager, be the face of the community for the store. They would also have ownership. Um, and then they wouldn't only be paid like I would be paid. I would only be paid by owner draws. They would be paid by owner draws plus the salary that we, we would be paying the manager. So that's a mistake that I think a lot of people make when they get into business with, you know, so people who are working. For a them. scenario, like within our own company, well, I guess that is the scenario, but for the, the minority, do they need to come up with the cash or can they take, so, so that's, can they work the cash? So that's off? a, that's a TBD. When I go into <laughs> business with somebody, I always want the person going into business who's whatever percentage they are, they need to bring that whatever the startup money is that we need, um, they have to bring that money. Yeah. So if a, if a store needs $150,000, let's do a hundred thousand to make it easy. That means I would bring 55 to the table. They would bring 45, right? Knowing that that's a lot of money and they might not have 45, depending on the situation, what I would like to do, especially for those diehards to kind of reward them is, <clears throat> you know, give them, uh, I would put up the money, they would have the 45%, but the first 45,000, well, I would make them put up something. Whether So they, they, earn t they put up 10 grand, but they still owe 35. Yeah. The first $35,000 of owner draws goes into my pocket instead of theirs with maybe some small interest, 5% or something, yeah. five, you know, something that's reasonable um, <clears throat> on it. So basically, I would be the bank for them so that they wouldn't have to go get a loan. Another question to add to this. This is good. This is I like this. Yeah. Uh, could it be on an existing store, an existing <clears> location, <throat> and how would that change? Like, because the store, you don't need the money for the store. The store is already there. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, it, I guess it could. Uh, I would do it as a buy-in, and it depends. I mean, a st an existing store that's already showing income is worth more than just the value of the inventory 100%. and that, right? Yeah. But a new store that needs to go through all that, really the only upfront, the cost is what money you need to get it started. Right. So uh, it would have to be a case by case, but in that case, uh, there would definitely be a buy-in, whatever that is. Of the value 
of yeah. what the stores were. Yeah, and it would have to be a special situation where, um, and it might not be all paid up front, but that, you know, it'll be paid back. Um, and it would be something where I would expect them to open other stores right. as well. So, Love it. Word. That's cool. That's exciting. I think that's super exciting. Shh, all shh. right. Brian joined. Don't say, don't say anything bad. Don't say anything bad. Booty, 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 <laughs> booty. Look at that booty, that booty, booty, big booty. <laughs> all right. Next question. I wish you guys could see Aaron dancing behind the camera. He was dancing to my booty dance. Yeah. Um, all right. Here we go. I miss Ask the Boss, man. I know. I love Ask the I Boss. I love Ask the Boss. Things get so juicy. Weird. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's see. Bro, there's a lot in there. Okay. This is short. Thoughts on GVT versus cluster training. What's cluster training? First question. Uh, what is cluster? Is, isn't that like there's different... It's uh, a German I, I, don't, I don't know the exact definition of cluster training. Well, so maybe why don't you look that up? All right, get the Google machine. So I love GVT. Um... So I think cluster training is like you have little mesocycles within a longer. Oh, I was thinking like a because German volume, let's, let's German ask, volume training. Let's is ask a, Google. A single exercise cluster sets. Cluster so training se- involves sets with built-in intraset rest periods ranging from ten to thirty seconds, which rest allows pause. for more rest weight pause. reps and total volume lifted within a single set. It is rest okay. pause. Yeah. So basically, six reps. I don't think I've ever heard rest of pause that. for ten to twenty seconds. No, yeah. I haven't either. Yeah. So rest balls, I think they're two totally different things. Didn't Dorian Yates call it hit training? No, but he didn't take that break. He just did like four to six rep type of thing, right? He'd do four to six reps, and then he would rest do a back off. Do four to six. He yeah. fell, and then he would do a, a back off, and yeah. then he would fail, and then he'd uh, do four reps. It was like one total set all the way. And wasn't failure. dog crap training that way too a little bit? Dog crap had dog like crap. The, the, the extreme stretching with like certain, um, you know, one all out set and then like a 20 repper at the end. There's all sorts know. of different. Yeah. So um, I love German volume training. And honestly, I like doing German volume training. Uh, believe it or not, either when I feel really on or I feel really off. And I'll explain that. So when I feel really on, then I want to really just tax myself and push some volume and move some weight. Uh, I like doing it. But I also like doing it when uh, I feel a little off in the sense that, like, I don't really want to think about my workout. I just That's wa- when I want to do it. You know, like, I just want to go in there and, you know, I don't want to have to think about what I'm doing or what exercises I'm choosing. And I just want to maybe not do, like, a max out weight, but do a lot of volume. Um it's just mentally, it's mentally challenging, but at the same time, it's mentally easy because you kind of just zone out. You put on the right music and it's just like, you do your set and you wait. You do your set and you wait. Yeah. You do your set and you wait. And, um, you know, I, GVT workouts have been the the single hardest workouts that I've ever done. I've been GVT. My GVT deadlift, it was probably, I, when I really used to do a ton of deadlifting, the best 10 by 10 that I've completed was a 475, 10 sets of 10. I think I have that on YouTube. I tried to do 485 one time for 10 sets of 10. I got to the eighth set and I couldn't stop shaking. Was this at your house, at your old house? Didn't you no, try? I did 475 for 10 in my basement. I did it then too. Um, but yeah, 485, I remember it was Boston Gold's gym and I sat down. The thought of doing another set and I only had two sets left and I don't give up. 
I was shaking. I was physically ill. Like I was literally shaking. I definitely probably gave myself rhabdo or probably something for sure. Um, and I had to sit there for a good solid 10 or 15 minutes to like, I was tasting blood in my throat. Um, and I was shaking and that was probably the only workout that I've never just not completed, uh, based on what I wanted to do. Um, but I love it. I mean, I think German volume is great. There was a stretch where I was doing a lot of different German volume. I think German volume arms, you pick, two supersets and you do like uh 10 10 curl with 10 push down and then 10 close grip bench with 10 overhead extension or or um, hammer curls or something like that uh those supersets that is like the craziest arm pump you're gonna get um so i love gvt the cluster training uh rest pause i use sometimes occasionally um but i don't do that on a regular like i do gvt so I, i'm definitely a, a big fan of uh what you, what you like? I'm just trying to understand was, it a little bit more. It's complicated. That's what I mean. So to I think to also answer the question, I feel like a cluster is a little bit more thought out, a little bit more complicated. I mean, it looks like it because it looks like they're doing longer rest fate. I can't blow it up. Yeah. But it seems a little bit more, th it's a lot more thinking involved in a cluster. See, any type of training that I have to do a lot of thinking, I don't like. Yeah. If that makes sense. I just want to get in there and do. So... Like where they're doing like you, this is a, you know, RPE 8.73 for two uh, sets When you a. get decimals involved and yeah. percentages and stuff, no, no it's not hard. how we do that. It's not how we train. All right, moving on. Ready? What was I going to say? I was going to say right, something so, else. Uh, what was the last time you deadlifted? Richard, he's just a, uh, pick a weight that allows failure at 15 reps, then do six sets oh, is that of up? four with 10 seconds rest between the mini sets. Got it. Um, when's the last time I deadlifted? I've deadlifted within the past couple months, but I'm not doing it regularly. I feel like, yeah, for you to actually do it regularly now, it, you'd have to build up. So I just started getting back into doing barbell squats. Really? Yeah, so the past two weeks. So when I start getting back into something, I like to do it at the end of a workout. So you, I'm not doing... It, like heavy weight. Well, eventually just, you pull, put that closer yeah, to the front. Yeah, depending on how comfortable. So like that's what I started getting, putting hack squats back in when my knee was bad. So now, um, but so I just got back into doing squats like two weeks ago. I only went up, to, it was the end of a workout. I just went up to 225 for 15. Yeah. And then last week I went up to 275, you know, and then I'll go up to 315 or something like that. But like deadlifts is hard because like I, I'm never going to deadlift. Well, I don't want to deadlift and just go up to like 315. Like, I would rather not deadlift. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and actually, when I, when I get back into deadlifting, what I do is I go right to GVT. Because for me, it is a, it's a neurological thing where, like, my body gets used to doing it more. Because I'm doing 100 reps of that. So, like, I will get better at it quickly by doing the higher volume. So, when I go back to doing deads, um, I'll probably go back to GVT and I might only work up to 315 for sets of 10, right? For on the GVT. And then the yeah. next week it might be 335 and then 365 and then 405. Well, and also getting back yep. into it, uh, you'll probably get better throughout the GVT, right? Like those first couple sets will just Ooh, not be, yeah. yeah. You'll feel stronger by like set four or five. You know, and I got to a point where I think I'm at a good, I'm in a good mental space that like, you know, I was talking to Brian who when we were training the other day is like, there's always something now that I'm 42, there's always something like right now it's my neck. 
like my neck had hurt to turn my neck, right? Yesterday it was like my shoulder was a little stiff, my knee, my back. Some, there's always going to be something. So I'm more about, but I get better pumps right now than I ever have in my life. Like yesterday, my shoulder was kind of feeling off and I did shoulders and arms because I'm letting my rear delt heal on this side a little bit. So I didn't do any pressing. But then I did some, I did some arms and my arms felt like they were going to explode. Like it was great. Like I've literally felt my skin ripping. So like my pumps are better and I just felt better by not trying to be stupid and doing things that I could potentially hurt myself. So I, you know, and that takes a while. Like when you're used to deadlifting every week and that's been your thing, like, you know, people come up to you like, man, I watched your 405 for 30 and I can't do 405 for 30 right now. Right. Like, you know, there's a part, you have to get over that mentally. Like that was a phase that, uh, I was in and now there's other phases of my life. But at the same time, like I want to wake surf, right? I, if my back is messed up and you know, and my knees hurt, like I can't do, I can't, if my shoulders bother me. I won't be able to throw with the kids. And I do that like every day. So, um, I've been really enjoying more just really chasing the pump, still work training really hard. Um, but not worried about setting a PR even, and I think that's what's so cool about bodybuilding. Yeah. Right? Like, if you are a powerlifter, you, you have numbers you're chasing. and you, But, like, to continue to to sculpt the body, you don't need to be doing four or five or 30. You know? The base is there. Just, I the, did the really want to get four or five by, by 40. But that would be pretty abs- – I, I won't. You want to get what? I won't be able to do that. But four or five for 40 would have been – Nuts. Like, Yeah. Like, break the internet nuts. Yeah, break the internet. Uh, Dodger came in here with a question. He said, is there a business that you don't know much about that you would like to get into one day? I'll tell you what. I want to own a Chick-fil-A. Because, <laughs> man, yes. those <laughs> are crazy. Or a wa- we'll settle for a Wawa. A Wawa? Yeah, dude, that's a CODG I right I want to put a here. Wawa next to Sheets down here and just let them. We'll go Well, the retail it. space right here that's in the what front. I mean, wherever that was. This way or that if, way. I wonder if that's enough. If Wawa came to me tomorrow, if you're listening, if you came to me tomorrow and said you would put, I would shoot free, free sandwiches and, and you carry, and and you carry America energy and gas. Yeah. Free sandwiches and gas. And you know what? I will give you that land to build your place Mm, on. How about that? Somebody tag Wawa real quick. Yeah. We'll get Wawa in there. So, um, yeah. Chick-fil-A though. Have you ever been to a Chick-fil-A that wasn't slammed? Not really. Ever. Or can't remember the last, the time. Because there was a time, I feel like there was a time where they, they exploded. But I think there is, I think their model is, apparently only like 4% of franchisees that apply, that even financially qualify, I think, get it. And James, I think my, uh, they picked the spot for you, I think. Oh, I mean, they very well could. Like, I don't think you have a say in the... I never want to go to the Costco again in Mooresville because they're putting a Chick-fil-A right in front of it. It's going to be nuts. Oh, really? Yeah. Right there next to Academy and all that? Yeah, right in the front. It's already up. Chick-fil-A sign. It's already a crappy... Uh, it's, it's already tough, right? Um, but yeah, Chick-fil-A right. would be bomb. And, you know, I think they do something with their franchise also that, like, you have to be an owner-operator. Op- owner they will not give yeah. you a franchise unless you're actually working in the store. They'd be cool to have on the podcast to talk about franchise. Chick-fil-A. Tag Chick-fil-A. Tag Chick-fil-A. Dodger will put them in. All right, here we go. Um, in the book, Good to Great, they talk about getting the right people on the bus without the need to incentivize them. 
What is your opinion on fostering the environment for the right people? And what have you done with your various businesses to foster the environment for the various people that work for you? Man, Tyler, that was a good question. So that, that, uh, I mean, that comes down to culture, right? That's what that question is asking. The fostering the environment is, it's a culture environment. So I think first and foremost, our culture was kind of shaped, not just by myself, right? It was shaped by a number of people um, that lived a certain way or had certain attributes. And it wasn't until about a year ago that we actually memorialized our core values, And I think that has been super helpful because, and I highly recommend every business, even in an early phase, you know, memorialize your core values and um, in good to great or built to last or one of those, they actually say every company should really go through that process in writing down your core values because it makes decision making really easy. How many times have we sat at the table out there and we're questioning whether or not to do something and one of us will go, well, is that one of our core values? And it's like literally like that we answer the question. It's either yes or no. And so I think writing those down are important, but those core values have been shaped over years of, uh, of our culture. And, you know, for me, you know, building the culture was not something that I necessarily did. um, Like I was conscious of, it was just how we worked and acted. So I think you can't build a fake culture. Right. So like a lot of those core values come down to how our key people act. So like if you're acting different from your core values, they aren't your core values. So I think it's just being true and there's no right or wrong core values. Right. Uh, There's many virtues and attributes that are not our core values that are great. Um, but these are our core values. So I think it was one of those things that, uh, we just acted a certain way and we've kind of developed it from there. And now, you know, very quickly we will tell, we can tell if somebody's going to make it here. Yeah. If, you know, people that come through the ranks here generally work out better than outside outsiders coming in. That's not to say that it doesn't happen because there's certainly some outsiders that have done really well but those outsiders have there's definitely been an adjustment period right right so like um i mean aaron i'm sure this place was a lot different to work for than pepsi are you 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 kind of sunk in pretty easy quickly though like uh, but i know tyler tyler coming from outside uh he's our warehouse manager was different um we had one employee here who was coming used to working like, you know, clock in, clock out type of job. And we don't clock in and clock out. Even if you're an hourly employee here, you just don't clock in and clock out. Well, I guess technically you do now, but um, it, it just doesn't, your mentality isn't like that. Oh, I work for four hours. Now I get a 15 minute break. Right. It just doesn't, we just, we're not that way. We will never be that way. I don't care how large we get. It's just, I mean, I guess it's easier for me to say here when we were able to do that, but um we, that's just not the culture I want. I will not micromanage anyone. And if you can't figure it out and you can't work in an environment where you're, uh, or you can't thrive in an environment where you're um, not micromanaged, then you won't do well here because you're going to just have to figure it out. You're going to, you're going to have a role and a responsibility and then you're going to have to figure out how to get it done. Yes. Uh, the the just, big thing just yes. Just yes. <laughs> um, it is pride month still. So just Yes. Uh, what I was going to add was the people that have, I guess, been 
So like myself, Carl, a, a few others <clears throat> that have been here for over five years, seven, eight, whatever, how long Carl, Carl's, Carl's been Carl's been here for t- but 42. It, it, it explains the importance of, and Carl talks, talks about time, is continuing to tell the story. Yes. Is that we need all the, the people that have adopted these core values, live by these core values, know the story, and then continue to pass that on. And I've realized it more than ever with adding more outsiders, because, I mean, li- literally this, almost who, this entire table is outsiders. Who talks about keeping the story? Outside of our Yeah, culture? like, where is that a, uh, does Jim Collins talk about keeping of the story? I don't know. I'm trying Carl to Carl will know that answer more than I will. I think it is. It's like, you, you have to, I, I think, think it it they is. even recommend the CEO or somebody literally write down the company story at some point in time. But I don't even know how that exists because everyone has a different perspective. But like, you but know, like I do. I'm reminded to, to, for you and whoever has the story. I mean, it comes comes from you the most. Yeah. But to retell the story. Yeah. At major, uh, I guess, events that so like global leadership or a Christmas party or when yeah. we're all together in one roof, which is not all the time, um, a, a once to twice a year to sit back down and just retell the story because there's going to be new faces in there. Um, and then it's, it's fostering, continuing to foster the culture that we have and we have created yep. and it's super important. So I, I've just realized that n- now more than ever in my role yep. too, because you know, we have new people here that it's important for me to, to pass on, pass that on and make sure that that's held up to. I think I was just thinking part of our story has to be our China trip. I just keep thinking, going. I've been thinking about the China trip so much lately. So we have a wall here in <laughs> HQ. Do you keep talking to Bosch, uh, Boshwan? What uh, was his code name? I forget. Do you have a code name? Boshwan. Called him Bo, but he didn't like Bo. He had like an American name he wanted to be called. Yeah. Lee. 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 Yeah, that's his code name. So he, uh, we have pictures of some crazy stuff, and Pat was searching through yeah, all I'm our pictures. I'm put them up tomorrow. Uh, did you print the? Did she print the newest uh, ones? I don't think so. Not the yet. Great Wall of China. No, not yet. But right, so there. there was one I'll never forget, the Great Wall of China, and they were trying to get us to say something in Chinese. And I, for some reason, I, I just I had that video. I couldn't. I couldn't. Like I just. I don't know if I didn't want to do it or I couldn't do it because I didn't know what I was saying. So I made Pat do it. So Pat said, you know, something in Chinese. We probably he probably said like we're a bunch of suckers or something like that. And he said something in Chinese, and then they gave us like a little coin that means like great wealth or something. Uh, great great business. Coin. The good guy coin. Yeah. Um, but man, that is a trip I will never forget. No, it is the greatest thing. It was a it was a good time. It was so good. It was such an experience. I just want Subway. <laughs> I just wanted a sandwich. Yeah, I just wanted, I just a, wanted sandwich. a sandwich. The freaking circle of death, man, with this fish eyes staring at yeah. me. Yeah. So for big guy, you know you much. Your little yeah. stomach. You little. <laughs> you have little stomach. Uh, we- cow pussy. One time, this one time, I ate cow pussy. <laughs> Such inside jokes, too. Like nobody knows what the hell we're. Talking I think about. we've, Aaron. Have we told the story of the China trip on this po- on Ask the Boss? Not when you were here. It was we probably should just Bobby. do a straight podcast and we'll talk like about write it all out, like from getting on first class to Chicago, from ch- Chicago to China, and you. Where, where I was asking, class. where I was asking you permission, like, should I do it? Can I do it? Can I do it? I was like, I, talk, just do it. And I was already like pushing. Like I was, I was like, okay, didn't hesitate one as second. As soon as I sit down, I get spilled orange juice on me <laughs> in the back. Nobody, I couldn't. There was not a, a an American in sight. Yeah, that was a good time. Yeah, it's a good yeah. time. All right, let's move on. We got a couple more questions before we get 
right. uh, too late here to wrap this up. Um, what projects are you most proud of? Mm. What level of growth do you hope to see in the next five years? Um, well, we wrote down some, when we did the core values last fall, we had some financial numbers for the brands that I want to say, was that a five-year or a two-year? It was more... Uh, that was a week. Short-term, yeah. It was just like a two- to five-year goal. I don't think it which was... Which I think... I think realistically we could hit that next year. I forget the numbers. Yeah. We could hit that next year. I think Sam wrote them down. Um, but I think my short-term goal... So there is some property around here that we've been looking at for an expansion. So it's kind of funny. We've been here literally one year exactly. Um, and we're already figuring out what to do. My goal is to turn this entire building into the Crusher Coliseum. 32,000 square feet. Uh, I want to do like a training facility for kids as well related to it. So I want to do like indoor batting cages, not, not like machines, but where you can pitch and hit. Uh, so like maybe five different bays where you can slide the nets or open them up. Maybe indoor soccer on like take 10,000 square feet and do that. And then the rest would be, you know, increase of like a big functional area, a po bigger powerlifting area, and then obviously just more bro stuff. And then in this front section of the building, turn this into a full-on store, a cafe, uh, probably locker rooms, locker that, room. ty that type of thing. Um, and turn this entire building into uh, the Crusher Coliseum, which I think could honestly happen. What did I say? I, I kind of said, I said, was it 2000 and... In 2024, that was going to happen. Yeah. So in a certain number, a membership. a membership numbers. Yeah. And I think that could, that could, the membership goal could happen before. I think well it before. will. I think it could happen in just this little this spot. This right here, dude. Yeah. 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 So, um, but with that being said, we need to prepare for the future. So there is some land nearby here that we're looking at. Um, it's, it's quite a bit of land. Not all of it is buildable. Um, but the great thing is it's connected, essentially. Um, so that would be a project. I actually talked to our banker about it last night. That would be a project that... Um, sure, Doug. He, well, yeah, he's like, yeah, that's that's yeah. feasible. We'll find a way. We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. Um, so, yeah. So th that's kind of what so my short-term... Uh, next five years. That's the next five years. Yeah. And the, the thing is, what's most proud of, I think... One of the things that I'm most proud of is the culture. Uh, more so than the numbers, because how many times do we get a comment from somebody like indirectly that we do things differently or you have great people, right? Like that type of thing, you can't put a value on that. And that creates, that attracts more good people that puts more good juju in the air, uh, that brings more business, um, that builds more trust and, you know, that will all lead the fine, the money will come if you build that, right? So it's not, it's not, it's not any one product or it's any one thing. I think it's the overall culture, uh, which I don't even know how to describe our culture. It's very unique. Um, it's, I think it's very entrepreneurial. It's, you know, find your own way type of thing. Um, not super corporate. Um, that's what I'm most proud of by far. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of disciplines that involve like yes, self-discipline. Yes. Right. And if somebody's slacking in the self-discipline area, we as a culture will push back on that person. I think that hey, happened. Dude, yeah. I think we uh, 
when was the last time you worked out? Right? Like, I think you're slacking within yourself. It's not at work, but it does carry into work. Yeah. Right? So, totally. like, this disciplined culture that we have, we're brothers and sisters together, and we yeah. want each and everybody, every one of the, everybody to be uh, self-disciplined. Um, I think that's a good way to describe it, too. You know, I had a call with uh, Steve Calabrese last night. He called me. Um, Are they coming he, down? Did you invite them down to HQ? Yeah, that, well, that was the secret that oh. we were supposed to say, but I'm working on, I'm working on. Uh, a Tim so and Steve podcast? September, oh, shit, that would be epic. September 24th is their, their block party, so it's like your birthday weekend. Bur- oh, Steve's so out. He's like, birthday. if the duck comes, we're going to have a birthday bash Friday night before the block party. <laughs> that was my Steve Calabrese impression. But he was, the point of what I'm bringing him up for is, he was, in a positive way, bl- blowing smoke about how our culture is and how good. Because we were talking about uh, Sam and I about to have a child yeah. and having to take off and um, how much value that is to you and how important it is for us to be available and yeah. working. And he was just uh, really complimentary. And it fills up my passion tank when people speak about our team and yeah, our culture. For sure. Anything. I love when people come in here and be like, like what, uh, you, what, you, what y'all do here? Y'all, y'all have a fun job, don't you? Yeah. We're over here playing basketball or <laughs> hitting ping pong or something. Uh, so yeah, I got Frank is in here about he's like Bella? cigar business. I'll tell you what, Frank. The only I don't know how many times I've called you Frank. I really don't call you Frank much. It's Bella, Bella. It's Bella. We all know. Um, I would love to, and I told you this before. Like I would love to have a cigar shop, but I am very conscious of. I do not want to be in a smoke-filled environment like 24-7. So, like, I love cigars. Like, I truly am at a point now where I love cigars. Have you had one on the boat yet? I have not had one on the boat. I'm trying to figure out. But that's got to be you park the boat, you anchor, and you sit, and there has to be, like, an ash roll. Oh, bro, you could totally (laughs) drive and and, uh, while your boys are surfing and smoke a stove. So the only problem is the wind. I like to sit up above. I like to sit on the bolster. Like it, there's like the seat folds up, so you yeah. sit high. And I like to sit almost above the windshield. And like getting blasted is not like. Well, the best. you just gonna have to cruise it. Well, sit, well, sit well, so, um, but anyways, I was getting back to like I I really do, especially in the summertime. Like I force myself. I I mean, especially like this weekend is probably a two cigar weekend. Maybe. Maybe three, but probably a two cigar weekend. Um, I got friends coming in from out of town. We're hosting a lot of the employees on the 4th of July. So we're definitely smoking some cigars, but like on the, in the summer, I'd like to limit to once a week max. And then, you know, in the winter when it's not as nice, it's like maybe one or two a month, you know, two a month, maybe three, but, (laughs) (laughs) but like, because you know, like it's not good. You know, I know people that had cancer, you know, like my dad used to smoke a decent amount of cigars occasionally, but now, I mean, I had one with him the other weekend, but you know, he went through, uh, prostate cancer. And, uh, so now he, he's a couple of a year, pretty much type of thing. So I'm very cognizant of it. And, um, I wish they weren't, you know, so <laughs> there's for you. I it's still overall a negative thing. Yes. But there are some studies that it can increase free testosterone. Um, really? Yeah. I we'll, uh, we'll dive into that one day later, but I have read that. And I don't know how qualified. Smoking what? Cigars. Maybe even cigarettes. Tobacco in general. Um, 
But I like, like this. I like there's this. probably a threshold, yeah, yeah. Right? or you probably can easily cross it. But so, anyways, like if you if you own a cigar bar or a cigar shop, which I would still be interested in owning, I would just only show up once a week. Which is fine. That'd be huge. It'd be you? huge. Bella, hey, Doug Miller here. It's Doug Miller, and we all, you know, Lake Norman cigars. I'm not. I can't do one in Arizona because it has <laughs> to be here, and I need to be able to enjoy it. Lake Norman cigars. You can call. We can call it whatever you want. Figurado Lake Norman cigars. Whatever, whatever floats your boat, literally. It's a cigar, literally. Uh, on the water cigar lounge. Oh wow! Now you're like a party like wagon, a like, like a big pontoon where you float just go. And float and smoke. Float and smoke. Is that like on a pontoon? Is that like soak and poke? Oh no, no, not that. <laughs> I'm bad memories. He did say, "Let's do a core America cigar." Could we do that? Yes. Actually, I, I remember can. Julian talking about that once. Somebody did reach out to him to start a cigar. Uh, something tells me we have to go to China soon. Uh, uh, let's see. I hope not. All right, mate. I think we have time. I got a, a call. Uh, All right, you want to go? I have an important call here in Man, six minutes. Can we do... All right. You know, okay. you know what? Let's film this and then let's do one next week. We can do this. I love the Ask the Boss. I'll tell you okay. what. Okay. I feel you feeling it, Aaron? Yeah. You feeling it? We might have to mic you up, bro. Yeah. Get the camera back. Oh, you like your, your, what just happened? What is what just happened? <laughs> all right, all right. Let's dive into some uh some product stuff. All right. How Rapid you, fire, six minutes. How do you see? How do you foresee formulations going for most products such as test boosters, pre's, pumps, sleep aids, etc.? Do you think companies will just raise prices, reformulate, or break up into two or more products? Do you think the industry will start to decline? So there is a right now an arms race, no pun intended, to creating the best pre workout, like the most loaded. We are launching our best pre workout that we've ever created in the new Fury version two. Uh, for our vitamin shop launch. Um, it is awesome. But I will tell you, it is not a kitchen sink. Like everything, it's it's completely loaded in five different areas. But we could have thrown even other things in there, right? One thing we will never do is a kitchen sink without thinking about it, without beta testing it. I think a lot of people are losing the art of formulation. Um, they're just throwing a bunch of sh crap in there, right? Um but with that being said, uh, for one of our brands, we are in the process. This is a little nugget. I don't even know if she said because we don't know if we're going to do it or not. We are in the process of having quoted and tested a light version of our pre-workout. So this does not compromise our core values of just, you know, non-prop blends, efficacious doses, like over the top. But it does keep in mind we want to have we want to give access to certain people that might not be able to afford a $54.99 pre-workout, you know, but maybe a $34.99 or a $29.99 will be good for them, right? So like, I mean, I'm buying the $54.99 pre-workout because, you know, even if I was working, you know, for 10 bucks an hour, I'd, I'd find a way, right? Like, cause that's, that's important to me. But your weekend warrior who still might want quality, but doesn't want to blow their budget on just a pre-workout, there is an opportunity for like a more reasonably dose. Like you don't need six grams of citrulline in a pre-workout. You know, efficacious dose is really three grams. The market has just trended towards that. 
So why not do a three gram citrulline and, you know, just lower the juice a little bit, but still get results. Right. So we are actually in the process of providing another alternative. You, we will never have only like light versions. This would be like a one-off given the way the economy is right now, given the way inflation is and, you know, dollars are going less, uh, less far. Um, this is something that, um, we're looking at now for one of our brands, which I'm, believe it or not, I'm excited about. Yeah. I think it's cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think of college kids right away. Mm -hmm. Right. You can still get a very high quality brand, a great formula, but for half the price. Yeah. All right. Got time for, uh, one more. Man. All right. I love this question. All right. You're gonna have to be quick. How do you balance being friends with your employees but still maintain a professional relationship and without losing the level of respect that comes with leadership. Who is that? Felicia. Oh, man. And then she is growing as a leader. She's she is. Hopefully taking on another store. And I bet that's a struggle. As I struggled with that as a manager yeah. in the nutrition corners. Um, well, no one said anything about being professional. <laughs> <laughs> we said we have a culture. We didn't say we had a professional culture. Um. I mean, honestly, I don't, that is difficult. Um, it, it's difficult and it's not because um, I think while sometimes it can make it harder to have a conversation with somebody, I think if there is a level of friendship and respect, I think it makes that uh, conversation easier to have if it's difficult because they know you're not coming from like a, a malicious boss place, you know? Um, so, I mean, it's, it's hard, um, but I, I don't know if I would want it any other, other way. Like I literally am friends with everyone in here, in this place, you know, like, um, we're coming to your house, we're coming to our house on the 4th of July. And that's because that's not because like I'm doing this as an employee thing. It's just like, they pretty much are my, my friends, right? Yeah. Like that's who I'm friends with because I spend so much time here. So I really wouldn't want another way, any other way. Um, I think you have to cultivate that respect though, where like it, it's a two way street. You have to respect them as your friend and your employee. And then at the same time as an employee, who's a friend, you need to understand that, okay, this isn't Doug, my buddy, this is Doug, my boss trying to make me better. Right. And so it's uh, and I think that needs to be cultured. I, I think you and I struggled with that a little bit at yeah. one point where you're just like, I have trouble uh, differentiating between uh, Doug the boss and Doug my friend on certain things, right? And, and I it, think, yeah. Well, and then if but it was good. I mean, it was, you addressed it to me. It was actually more the other way. It was like, uh, it was like, hey, like I'm struggling with. I got you in like three different parts of my life: friend, boss, brother in Christ. Like we, you know, we're doing Bible studies together. We're doing everything, right? And it was just like, I just I would get super frustrated when. Doug, the boss, uh, tells me to do something or is asking me to do something or whatever the case may be in a work situation, which is his role. But then he's my friend, so then I would take it as like, man, my friend's telling me yeah. to do something. So it's also for on the employee side, um, it's a it's a learning process. And yeah. I think what makes it better is that we, we are able to have these conversations. Well, I think that's what did make it better by you saying something. I was more cognizant of like, am I coming across as a dick here? Because, um, like I'm trying to get you to do employee things, but 
are we maybe currently in a friend environment? Envi- yeah. Which there, it's hard. I have hard time doing that at, at like Steph had to say to me the other day, like, cause we just moved into our house and it's really overwhelming. Yeah. There's so much stuff to do. She is, was at a breaking point like today because we've had contractors in all the time. So she's like, I took like the first two weeks and met with most of them, but then I got to get back to work. So like she's had to be there and Griff is out of camp. So like Griffin had diarrhea all week. So <laughs> kid with diarrhea all week. Plus, plus having contractors come through all the time. So she couldn't schedule her own workouts. She couldn't schedule the things that she wanted to get done. So it's been really frustrated. And she said to me, she's like, I, when you come home, you can't be boss Doug. Cause I was finding myself and I, I apologize. I said, okay, I can see that because we have a lot to get done in the house. So I'm on, I'm in boss mode. And the house could be treated as a business. It needs to be yeah. treated as And business. I was like, okay, so you're going to do, uh, do this. But it was more like kind of like demanding boss. Not like, okay, we're going to tackle this together type of thing. It was more like, and I wasn't like instruct, but it just came across. It was like, I totally get it. I could see where that's boss dog carrying over from work, you know? And yeah. so uh, it's hard. I guess you have to handle that. Well, I think the key to, uh, in any relationship, whether it's in work, it's communication. Right within your marriage, within your friendships, within your workplace, um, communication is number one. Yep, dude, we got to end it there. That was good. Fifty yeah. minutes. That's good. That's a good length. Forty-five, fifty. But we'll, let's save some of these questions for next time too. All right, I'll start a list. All right, guys, let's do this. Let's commit to doing this. Ask the boss version. Like, ever. comment, subscribe. Yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> um, do we still do every that? other week? I don't think so. Something like that. All right, all right guys. Till next time. Keep crushing it.